Hi, I'm Justin Boyd. I'm Brittany Pacheco. Tristan Jones. And we are the Watchers in the Basement. Welcome to the Watchers in the Basement. We are here today to discuss the seventh episode of the HBO series, The Last of Us. The episode's titled Left Behind. Let's get our overall thoughts before we uh, dive deep into this excellent episode of TV. Brittany, what are your overall thoughts of this episode? I mean, I, I think you just said it well. It was it was an excellent episode, and I, I liked how they structured it where you get the quick update about what's happening with Ellie and Joel in present time, but then when Ellie's faced with the really difficult decision to make, she reflects on her past, and that past is very heartbreaking. She experienced a lot of first, and then it's just ripped away from her within minutes. It's... It's intense, y'all. I mean, I feel for her. I have a little bit of a better understanding as to how Ellie ticks. Beautifully done episode. And I know Tristan has copious <laughs> notes <laughs> <laughs> to share with us on this episode. I, again, another, like you said, just an amazing hour of television, just beautifully stunning visually. Uh, performance-wise, the, the the writing, the storytelling, uh, a lot of the subtleties um, are starting to pay off so so big uh, in these last few episodes from what we saw in the in the first. Um, so I like, just think of so many things that we saw, like the knife, you know, that that uh, the camera makes sure to show uh, on Ellie's nightstand, uh, the pun book, like all these things that come off as I know uh, there's been a lot of complaints about, I don't say a lot of complaints, I don't say that. There's been some complaints or some critiques about how, like there's just certain details that just haven't been like fleshed out, right? Because there's so much, there's so much work been done on fleshing out the characters that there's like little bitty details. But I've always believed and I've you know, been confirmed that as we go through the season, a lot of those things that kind of maybe seem rushed or whatever will pay off later in the season. And we're seeing it, like, just so many details, right? The, the subtleties, like when uh, Ellie, and I know I'm jumping back and forth, when Ellie uh, tells Tess, like, hey, my friend, like, she kind of vaguely talks about that night in the mall, like, all these things are, are being paid off, right? And, and if you're not paying attention or if you're just kind of taking those as, like, throwaway lines, there's there's no throw. I guess all that to say, there's no throwaway line uh, in The Last of Us. And this was a... This, Last night was another example. Um, Storm Reed, I knew she was only going to be there for one episode, but I knew she would kill it in that episode. Uh, Bella Ramsey with performance of her life, you know, <laughs> um, excellent hour. And I can't wait to talk about, you know, all the different aspects of this episode. Yeah, it, it's another great one from my perspective. You know, this show really does everything well, but I think the way they've played with time elements and like time jumps, have really done that very well. And the way that episode six ended where, you know, Joel is obviously in a very bad place physically to, you know, to start episode seven, where we see that Ellie has somehow made, made it with Joel to like an abandoned home or something. And they're set up there. And then in that moment when he's, you know, Look like he's about to die. By the way, uh, you know, Pedro Pascal's not in this episode for very long, but he really plays a guy who looks like he's about to die very well. <laughs> like 
it was very believable. You're like, this guy might die. Like, I mean, obviously he's not going to. Considering Oberyn's death, this is yeah, probably no, good point. Yeah, <laughs> but what I'm the thing is like for in that moment to then have a flashback episode where Ellie thinks about what's happening now and it makes her think about what we see in this episode. That's such a perfect time for the showrunners to like show us her backstory. And because we, I mean, up until this point, we know stuff about her, but we don't know a ton about her. I think this episode, this is the right time to just have a full blown Ellie episode. And Justin, you asked me um, a few episodes ago. Mm -hmm. uh, It may have been off, off mic as well. I don't remember. But you asked me specifically about the pace yeah. and how how close they were, or, or you know, are they in the right pace for where the story is? And I would have, I told you, I think I was, I was like, I'm pretty sure, I'm like 80, 90% sure that they're on right on pace where they need to be. Yeah. If I known that there was going to be, like I've known for sure that there was going to be a flashback Ellie episode, I would have told you 100%. Because right now it lines up perfectly to where I think the story is ending yeah. up. Into this season, so yeah, they they knocked that out the park. That's that's very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we only have two more of these episodes to go, which is kind of crazy because I feel like we're I feel like it just started, you know, like and it's the in the way this show is paced, like every week we learn a little bit more, and I just get more into it. I think it's so well done that uh, it's going to be a bummer when it ends, but uh, I mean, you know, it's been a it's been a great first season, so. Um, so back to the start of this episode, like I mentioned before, we, um, you know, what's interesting about this episode is we get to see what Ellie's life was before she began this journey with, uh, Joel and before, before she was immune and what actually comes into play in this episode, we'll touch on that here in a little bit. But, um, you know, like I said, we see that they're in this abandoned home and Joel looks like he's about to die. He tells Ellie, like, you have to leave me. Like, go find Tommy. You'll be safer. And, uh, you know, that's when she gets this this flashback to thinking about, you know, where she when she was back in this, like, Fedder school. Well, even before that, like, Joel literally pushes her away. Right, right. Like, literally. Like, last episode, he tried to emotionally push her away. Mm-hmm. And, like, this time, he, he knows because of how connected she is to him. He knows the only way, the only thing that she would understand is like, hey, like a violent, you know, push, like go, like I need you to leave because I can't fathom to think about, you know, what this life is going to be like if I'm gone. So, yeah, he literally, that was a, a physical violent push because he knew that that was the only way that she was going to leave. Right. So we, so, you know, Ellie thinks about, the, she, she flashes back to, um, where she's back at the school and she's like in a gym class and she's running around this basketball court and this girl, Bethany tries to take her Walkman. They get into a fight and then we get this principal's office kind of scene. And, uh, Brittany, I'll let you, what, what did you think? Like what we know of Ellie in the story so far, how does that track with the person she is in this flashback? I think it's a hundred percent just the Ellie that we've come to know and the Ellie that we see in this flashback, you see her a little more structured in the sense of because she's grown up orphaned, going to a Fedra school, they've been fed this information about what Fedra is doing is good and helping people and blah, blah, blah. Whereas the Fireflies, they're the bad people. They're terrorists. They're, 
they're here to you know fuck you up kind of kind of thing uh shout out to our friend and fellow watcher amber in the chat she uh tristan you were talking about details earlier and she said she loved pointing them out herself and also uh bethany <laughs> fuck that bitch so uh, you know with i think that maybe the only difference is that because when ellie is in this kind of principal office setting she's she's kind of like oh great i'm here again like just put me in the hole like i i you know i know what i did this by the way for her to like beat up this chick who has to get 15 stitches damn <laughs> damn and that's because she, she didn't have her knife on her either bethany's a head taller than her also just by the yeah. way at least so, <laughs> so much respect to ellie um short people gotta gotta do what you gotta do just saying so when the principal or officer, whatever his, you know, his title is, is basically telling Ellie, like, you're smart, like, you're so smart, you're stupid. Mm -hmm. And I think that really rings true. Uh, because even later on in the episode, we're watching John and I and, and he makes a comment about like, it bothers me how much she just doesn't know. And I'll come to we'll, we'll circle back to that. But but I'm like, but she but she hasn't experienced things anyway. But this, this officer is telling her, listen, you've got two paths. You've got two routes that you can possibly take. You can keep doing the same stupid shit that you've been doing all along. This is where you're going to end up. You're, you're going to end up as a, did he say a grunter? Something along those lines. Yeah. And, you can be a grunt or you can be a yeah. leader. Yeah. Yeah. You can be a grunt or you can be a leader. You can go down grunt path where you're not going to amount to anything. You're going to have bad food. You're going to, be on patrol, blah, blah, blah. Whereas if you're a leader, you're an officer, hey, you don't have to go out on patrol. You don't have to endure the bad food. You have great living quarters and what have you, you know, and you can boss the Bethany's of the world and tell them where to stick it, you know? So, you know, he appeal he appeals to her. She's 14. She's impressionable. She doesn't, she doesn't want to be bullied. She is just trying to survive just like everyone else. So, I think in many ways, again, the Ellie that we've come to know and see the smart assness and whatnot, it, she's always been that. She's always been that way, even within Fedra. Exactly. And at this point in the episode, we're we're seeing an Ellie who um, she's her roommate and her best friend, who is obviously a very pivotal character in this episode. She's been she's been gone for three weeks, right? And we we learn this person's name is Riley. As uh, Tristan mentioned, played by Storm Reed, and Tristan, I want to I want to ask you about this uh, first. How I, I understand, like in in the story in the game, uh, Riley is a is a is D, a DLC content, downloadable content, an additional part of the game. How does that line up with like what you saw in the game, as far as what we see in this episode? Well, I've never actually gone through, I was actually going to do, go through the gameplay okay. on, on YouTube, but I've never done the Left Behind. Okay. Um, I didn't even know there was, you know, until right. after I'd already played the game, whatever, but I've, I've Spoiler. read, yeah, <laughs> I've, no, I've read enough about, um, about Left Behind um, to, to understand, but mm -hmm. this, there are some slight, I guess, deviations from the game, from what I, I, um, I've read and understand. Well, I mean, hell, Neil Druckmann and, and Craig Mazin uh, said it on the, on the podcast. Um, but Riley sneaking into Ellie's room, that's exactly from the game. And a lot of that dialogue is the same. We don't really get a lot of deviations until we get to the mall part. 
Okay. And then just like, what what are your thoughts on the what how Storm Reed played this character? Which I I feel like I've seen her in something, but I don't. I, her name is not familiar to me. Her debut was in Twelve Years a Slave. She was um, a little mm-hmm. girl. She's also been in the Suicide Squad. She's been in okay. Wrinkle of Time. I saw her. Uh, it's called Euphoria. Euphoria, yeah. yeah I haven't watched it. Euphoria. Yeah, that's another HBO that, hit show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I know her from. Uh, she, okay. You know, she plays in their system Euphoria. But, okay. And she, I mean, her performances on that are amazing. Like the emotional range that she has um, is, she's she's a prodigy uh, for real. Um, and the showrunners said that they needed to find someone who could match that of Bella Ramsey. Yeah. I mean, Bella's got great range as well, and and that was showcased in this episode so to have someone who could like match her but then kind of step it up just a little bit so what i love most about storm reed in this episode as riley is her ability to to demonstrate what what you just mentioned Brittany, about being able to stay a level above bella when she needed to so it shocked me how much it was how believable it was even as much as we know about ellie so far that Riley was able to give her like specific commands, like turn this way, go through the room, turn a wait, go. And it's like, okay, right? Or like, hey, you're gonna say no, and then you're gonna say yes. She said no, she said no, so yeah, like, and it didn't really take much pride. And everything that we've seen about Ellie so far is that she needs a lot of pride, you know, for somebody to get her to, you know, not necessarily submit, but just kind of, agree to, to do whatever someone's asking her to do, whatever. So Storm Reed had to play that off very well. She had to like kind of subvert everything that we know about Ellie as a character in one episode, right? Just not only, like I said, match Bella Ramsey talent-wise, but match, have Riley overmatch Ellie, right? And that's just not something we've, we've seen a lot of. So she was, amazing like she the way going from you know demonstrating this semi-authority over ellie to also demonstrating romantic feelings for ellie and it's kind of weaving back and forth between these things also demonstrating a little manipulation that i didn't catch uh until like the second watch on some things but storm reed was amazing like just from top to bottom um it again what we've seen with henry and sam we saw with bill and frank it takes a lot of talent and dedication to a particular role for you to make us care about you in one episode and like the whole i couldn't really enjoy the episode the first time like i wanted to because i'm just I, my heart was jumping out of my fucking chest like i just like i know something bad is going to happen it's just like i'm, I'm waiting because again i didn't i didn't go through the, the uh la- the left behind dlc so i just know something bad is going to happen that's it like that's all i know and so I was trying to enjoy it. I enjoyed it a lot more in the second watch. I'll say that. Yeah. It, and I think it's cool that Left Behind DLC, obviously, Left Behind is the title of the episode, too. I think that was cool how they did that. But as far as my view on Storm Reed, the way how she played, like, you know, thrown into this episode, it's a one episode deal. And the way she plays somebody that, like, not only does do we learn later that Ellie has feelings for and that they're mutual, but the way that she plays a person that Ellie looks up to and it's believable, which, that is probably the the best part of of the, her acting is that this feels like somebody that Ellie does look up to, much like, you know, she looks up to Joel now. 
you know, in present day. So that was, I thought that was an incredible way she portrayed that part. Cause I think that'd be tough for, for most people to do that, to jump into this episode and really feel like you're a best friend. And also you're someone that this person will follow. So that was well done. Let's, so where does, where does she, you know, follow her to? Well, uh, Riley invites Ellie to, to, you know, basically like one night on the town, right? It's, it's basically Best like the fucking night of her life, right? It's basically this elaborate date night in a way. And, uh, the first stop is the mall. So I, I don't know about y'all, but I am a fan of like dead malls on like YouTube. I don't know if anybody else watches this stuff, but I think it's endlessly fascinating when people go to these like malls that are run down out of business and that they're there and people get in there and they, they, Oh, this used to be a Kmart here. And behind this wall, there's a Burger King that was like walled in. Like, I love that stuff. I think it's fascinating. And the thing is about <laughs> me, like, if you know me, I don't like to shop. Like I haven't been to a mall myself in a couple of years. When I do go to the mall, like I map it out. I'm in and out of there real fast. Cause I don't like to shop, but I love the dead mall principle and to bring the dead, <laughs> to bring the dead mall, to this show and make it in, you know, it's an infected mall, obviously, because it's in the QZ zone. Um, Wait a minute before you do that, because you, you keep saying the word dead and we're skipping over the dead body that they, they encounter. Well, prior no, to uh, the mall. Oh, uh, yeah, there you go. Talk about that, Brittany. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was interesting because they're just having to make their way across rooftops along Boston to get to said dead mall. But they encountered this this corpse and a body uh, in, in a building i'm sorry that that riley had previously been to and he i don't know was he like infected and and there was pills and there was alcohol and then they take the alcohol and they start drinking from it i'm like if he's infected do you really want to be doing I that i don't think he was infected like okay. everything about that kind of was foreshadowed not foreshadowed but kind of uh hinting towards he meant to do that <laughs> I'm just saying because there was stuff across his face, and I don't know if that's just because he was a junkie or you know, yeah. you know what I'm saying. That yeah. might very well be. Regardless, don't drink a corpse's alcohol. Yeah, Please. I was like, there's no chance I would drink that. <laughs> Didn't do that at all. Yeah. Never. But the question is also like, so, COVID. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, this is this is 03 or whatever. No, this is like no, it's probably, not. It's, it's now. Yeah, it's now. It's now. Oh, that's true. It's now. Okay. <laughs> But it's now like in this world, like PSA, just don't do that yeah, at don't all, that, people. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, Cindy in the chat brings up a point about they mentioned that the the dead body wasn't there. According to Riley, it wasn't there the day before or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's kind of strange because it looks like he'd been dead for a little while. Like uh, to have your, yeah. you know, face look back like that. It feels like uh, he was there for a little bit longer than a, a day or so. But a um, little bit, a little bit. So let's but now we go to the mall. Yeah, the mall. The, so the mall, I think the mall set looks awesome. I think it looks, I mean, they actually did use part of a rundown mall from what I understand, like in Calgary, that's what they, they used. But um, it totally reminded me of parts of the Galleria. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's what I was going to ask. So like, let's <laughs> talk about this. We're three, we live in the Houston area, all three of us do. So let's talk about like, what's, what's the QZ situation like in Houston at this point? Is the Galleria in this shape? What do y'all think? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Absolutely. Is it the gallery? Is it three levels or is it four levels? Three, three levels. levels. Three levels. Okay. I've, it's been a while since I've been there. Okay. Yeah, no, it's three levels. It's for those who are watching, listening. Gallery is bougie. 
All right. That's all the bougie shops are there. You have your Chanel, you have your uh, Louboutin, you've got all your designer high-end stuff. You've got like toy, like toy stores and, you know, not so high-end stuff, but it's basically bougie. So if we're ever in the QZ, um, that place is going to be ransacked like up the ass. <laughs> let's just, let's just be real. And it's going to be crawling. Yeah. Crawling. Oh my God, <laughs> Can you imagine the infected on the ice rink? Like oh. just, <laughs> I think they've got to do season two at the gallery with the big just, Christmas tree. Uh, <laughs> think about it; that'd be amazing. That would be, that would so, be great. Cool. <laughs> so at the mall. So we're let's talk about the mall, but let's save the arcade because I I want to talk about that separately. But let's talk about the mall. They're there, and the first thing that Ellie kind of discovers is the escalator, and like she's just like loving the escalator. And I guess for someone who's never seen an escalator, that's got to be a you know. A, a cool thing. I mean, I, I remember when I was a little kid, the first time I rode an escalator, I, it was kind of a magical moment. So I get that. There's also a great photo booth scene and they're on the carousel. Brittany, which one of those things would you like to talk about? Oh goodness. I mean, you, Riley is going to give Ellie the four, but technically five because of the escalator, five yeah. wonders of them all. And that just sounds you know, wonderful. I mean, if it, if Ellie didn't catch on early that it was, this was like a date. Like that was your tell right there. Like no one goes out of their way like that to say, I'm, I'm here to bring you the four or five wonders of a mall, like especially a dead mall at that. And then walk up to Victoria's secret shop and, and yeah. say, Oh, I'm trying to imagine you in this, you know, rinky, like the little piece of lingerie kind of thing. Come on. That's, that's a big tell. But I, I honestly forgot because it's been a while since I've been to a mall as well. I forgot that carousels are like a thing inside malls. I mean, uh, I thought that was a really sweet moment just because Ellie, and this is kind of going to what John and I were talking about earlier, how he said, I, it bothers me that she just, she just doesn't know anything. And it's like, well, to Ellie's fairness, she's grown up not knowing what it was like before before this whole, you know, apocalypse broke out and not going to malls and things like that. Whereas Riley, Riley, we learned did have a family that died in assuming, you know, in during this apocalypse, whether Riley is old enough to remember and she probably isn't because she says she's 17. She at least had family who could tell her what it was like before. And she would know what like these type of stores were and the purposes of malls and things like that. Ellie literally just has no clue. She only knows what Fedra has been feeding her for the last 14 years. So to see everything from Ellie's perspective as brand new, the escalator, like she, she wasn't sure how to get on the, well, let's face it. No one really knows how to get on an escalator without feeling like they're going to fall. But like, it's, it's just very refreshing. Like I've said this numerous times on this pod, seeing everything through Ellie's eyes, like kind of warms my heart in a way, because you then kind of think of how many things do we take for granted because we have the accessibility to it and deal with the things every day. She's never seen these things and doesn't know. So yeah, there's a lot to unpack with, with Ellie and going to these different wonders in the mall. But I, I really enjoyed the carousel scene just because it's very like sweet. It's very romantic. It's very I don't know. She really enjoyed it. She's like, I want a magical horse. 
she's a bit yeah. drunk at this point probably but like you know she's she's enjoying her time with with her best friend and did you notice the music that was playing yes oh, i was i have a whole i was about to <laughs> a whole thing about the music copious uh, notes yeah tristan copious. tell us about the music in this episode oh my god so i mean starting uh um, <laughs> starting from the beginning um when you know when she's running um in the gym before Bethany snatches a Walkman off her head, we got Pearl Jam, All None. Um, and the, the thing that struck me was just the lyrics. Like, right before, you know, it gets cut off, it's it's a hopeless situation. And I'm starting to believe that this hopeless situation is what I'm trying to achieve. Yeah. Right? But I try to run on, it's All or None, All or None. All or None is one, a great way to describe Ellie, just as a character. Like, she's all or nothing, right? Um, Here's a selfless confession leading me back to war. Can we help that our destinations are the ones we've been before? Like all of that just kind of struck me as um, a characterization of Ellie um, about kind of like he said, hopeless situation. Think back to when she's talking to Captain Kong and he basically gives her two options and both of them are shitty. <laughs> it's like both of them are really shitty, yeah. right? Just one comes with a few, few more perks. Um, and so like the music, I think, truly captures that when she's coming down the escalator we get take on me right aha uh -huh. um and again the lyrics we'll walk we're talking away i don't know what I'm, I'm to say i'll say it anyway today's another day to find you shying away i'll be coming for your love okay like if is this not kind of foreshadowing not just foreshadowing like showing demonstrating or illustrating where her relationship is with riley and how they both have so much unspoken you know, to say on so many different fronts. Um, but there's this inevitable, like romantic passion between them, right? Um, so like, I, I just thought that was, in, I mean, even later we get the Etta James version of uh, I Got You Babe, like. <laughs> Which apparently like, is straight from the game. It's the same version from the game. Yeah. Straight from the game, right? And it, it matches, I mean, we'll talk about it when we get there more, but it, it definitely matches like the vibe of where they were, but it also serves as like a great contrast to what happens immediately after, right? So yeah, the music on this, I mean, as usual, like as we've seen all season uh, from the pitch mode to Linda Ronstadt, to, it's good. Yeah, they, they've done a really, really good job with that. And I, I think if y'all remember before the season, they had a trailer and they, I think they've since taken it down, but it had the aha song, Take On Me, but it was like a more modern kind of deconstructed version, like slowed down a little bit that kind of like a haunting kind of version of that it song, was. which that was a smash hit song. Like when I was a little kid, I remember it was like one of the first movies I saw the video for, which if you haven't seen the music video for that one, definitely watch that because that's like a very artistic, like it's this person's drawing all these characters in this music video. It's, I think it was like the, was like one of the VMAs like in 80s or so 89 or 90 maybe it was before that I don't know it was, but it was born in 89 so it was a, yeah no it was a smash hit song but to hear that, that yeah to hear it like <laughs> broken down like that version that was on the trailer they had which people were saying that it was taken down because they had plans for that song later on obviously we see the song in this episode so that was still a cool. great song to like bring you in I mean that that song is oh, just yeah, legend yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Who no, doesn't love that song? It's super cool. Um, I want to talk about this is probably my well, I, you know, I always loved the arcade. 
And I was, I've never really been all that good at arcade games, but I always think arcades are cool. I don't know how many of them are going to be around much longer, but uh, they found one in this mall and they go and play Mortal Kombat 2, which is a game that, you know, is on a poster on Ellie's wall. And so, first off, my first question for y'all if, if we're playing Mortal Kombat 2, who's your character, Brittany? So- Sonya Blade. Sonya Blade. You knew that real fast. I used to I used to play it all the time with my brother on Sega. So yeah, like Scorpion. Scorpion. Okay. Oh, that's a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I was more of a Street Fighter kid as opposed to Mortal Kombat. But uh mm. I you know, I was Ryu and Ken and Chun Li all day long. But uh for for me, it's probably either Scorpion or Sub Zero. I just like their you know, aesthetic Yeah. So when you could get the combination to make the Sub Zero, you know the the ice come out of his hands, that was, was awesome. Yeah, just, what a time to be alive! When that yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Mortal Kombat was definitely like one of those like Mortal Legend. Kombat and NBA Jam were probably the two biggest arcade games of my lifetime. Like, yeah. like that was like prime. Like I was like ten or eleven when those games kind of came around, and it was like those were like, I mean, those are still kind of groundbreaking games even today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that you have a hit video game featuring another hit video game that's not owned by the same <laughs> companies like that's yeah, right that's crazy for this era mm-hmm. of any kind of ip but for them to do that i thought that was like super cool and you know obviously this game mortal kombat 2 came out like in the what 93 94 so the fact that ellie has that poster on her wall in her dorm you know, I don't think that was obviously her poster. It was just kind of there. But uh, for her to finally play that game is kind of a cool moment. And the fact that they go through all those coins and they, the the fact that that Riley had it planned out and she had the, you know, she'd already broken into the coin machine. She had the to- tokens or coins ready to go. Pretty cool stuff. And another callback um, to episode three when Joel and Ellie come across the uh, arcade. Mm-hmm. Um, before they get to uh, Bill's place. Uh, and Ellie is, you know, obviously the game doesn't work. So Ellie is, you know, trying to play and she's all excited. Like, hey, she says, I have a friend uh, who knows all about this game. And she talks about the uh, the character who can swallow you whole and spit out your bones. Like, that's all the way back oh. to episode three. Wow. Yeah. And we get to see that. Very cool. Wow. I kind of forgot about that I scene. Ca- I didn't catch that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, Tristan. <laughs> it, no, it's like he. It's like you said earlier, Tristan. Like everything in this show, like there's Pays no off. wasted space. There's it's, no wasted space. It's gonna be. It's gonna lead to something. It's gonna be. They're gonna call back to it. It's. And it can't. I don't think it can be any wasted space. Like this is a yeah. show about a post-apocalyptic world where every every moment, honestly, in this show is tense because at any moment an effect it can pop up. At any moment. Uh, an enemy, a raider, or whatever, like some faction can pop up. Like, you have to be on alert for supplies. Like, there's no, it can't be any wasted moment because there's no, I don't know how many wasted moments there are in that world, honestly. You're either working, you're patrolling, you're yeah. stealing, selling. Like, I don't like, there's just not much time to waste there. So, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. every detail matters in the game. Every detail matters. Like, mm-hmm. I, I played it. And then I watched the gameplay years later, like honestly, like a month ago. And I'm just seeing like all the different stores that I didn't go into because I was so focused on the mission. But like I could have gotten some more ammo here. I could have gotten some more 
stuff to make a pipe bomb that could have helped me kill that big bloater that took me a week to beat, you know, then like, so like, uh, so it, it let me know, like, even in the game, it's the same way. Like this, if the game kind of conditions you to understand it, there's no waste of time and nothing can be wasted. So in the game, do you go to the arcade and try to like get money from the machines? You don't, but apparently that's in the uh, left behind DLC. Left behind DLC. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Did it did it hurt anyone else when Ellie commented on the dollar bills on the floor, saying, "No, not that useless junk." And I was just like, "Ah!" <laughs> I know it's useless. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's good. It hurt me. It's an unrecognized currency at that point. I, I know, I know. <laughs> but it hurt me nonetheless. Also, have photo booth strip things been $5? Like, I that to me just seems expensive. <laughs> just out of sheer curiosity. Uh, it's been years since I've done any, anything like that. I think the last time I did a photo strip was, I don't know, 2008. <laughs> so. I did one at my, one of my best friend's wedding. Aw. years ago. Uh, but also, remember, it's Boston, so... That's true. That's true. But, you know, I thought those little bits, you know, the carousel, the photo booth, the arcade, obviously, was a big win for for Ellie because standing in front of it and see all the neon lights and she's just looking at it and she's like, Riley, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's just it's just so sweet. I loved it. I love seeing Ellie's Ellie's like me. She, likes, she loves views. <laughs> she's a sucker for a good view. <laughs> It's, it's just seeing her innocence, you know, like, obviously, she's gone through a lot in her 14 years, but just to to see life, what could have been what was it, through her eyes is just I don't know, I, I enjoy I enjoy it. Yeah. So after the arcade, they find their way to a Halloween store where they. Um... Oh, there's a fight. OK, tell us about that part. <laughs> There, there's a fight because Riley, you, you can obviously sense the tension between Ellie and Riley and, and Riley finally has, has like this, uh, come, I guess you could say come to Jesus moment when, when we're seeing that Riley has been staying <laughs> at what, at what was it? A taco place. And Ellie's like, are you going to make tacos? It's like, girl, you wish. <laughs> also, best tacos are here in Texas. Y'all come down. Anyway, so Ellie finds like the the homemade, what is it? Like a pipe bomb kind of kind of situation. Yeah, I'm not quite sure bomb. what it's called. Yeah. And the truth comes out about Riley. It's already been known that she's joined the Fireflies. Ellie and she kind of go back and forth about whether or not that's the, the right decision to join the Fireflies because Ellie's been told this and Riley's saying you can't believe everything you've been told and you also you also don't know everything like it's okay to not know everything and when the come to Jesus moment happens it's Riley telling Ellie I'm leaving I'm leaving I'm being sent to Atlanta that's where they're going to post me and this is me saying goodbye so Ellie of course is very upset she's conflicted she presumably leaves the mall but then she doubles back she's like oh, you know god i gotta go face this and then you hear screaming yeah. you hear screaming you automatically think it's go. riley right. no it's riley's last wonder of the mall and it's the halloween store with the uh mechanical what do you call it skeleton that's screaming out of the grave 
Yeah, no, that, that's right. So, and then from this point, this is when she mentions that, hey, this is like Riley mentions to Ellie, this is her last night in Boston. Or was that, that was when the fight, right? They talked about. Yeah. And she also explains to her that, you know, Ellie says, you know, we, you could stay, we, we could be leaders. This is what, uh, you know, the principal character, I guess he's a captain. He, what he told her and Riley says, well, they told me, you know, I'm going to be a sanitation sewer. worker. Se- yeah. Sewer worker. Sewer patrol. Whatever. Yeah. Sewer yeah. patrol. And it's like, so you kind of see like why she's ready to move on. Whereas Ellie's being like kind of tapped to be like maybe one of the leaders. So and also like there's so many breadcrumbs in this episode that I did not catch on the first watch that let us know that um, Riley had other intentions outside of just trying to like romanticize uh, Ellie. Like there's a lot of breadcrumbs let us know that she, she also had been staying there for a while. Like the fact that she had all that planned, like that takes days, you know, maybe weeks or so. Um, just knowing the complete way there, like um, breaking the uh, the coin machine, like there's so many things that Ellie, I guess, was kind of slowly catching on to. Because uh, she asked, like, you know, how many times have you been in when they were at the arcade? How many times have you been in? And mm-hmm. Riley kind of, again, great performance by Storm Reed. Um, she's able to kind of convey like, hey, I, you know, this kind of white lie um, so innocently. Uh, again, I didn't catch that on the first, but she, you know, I've been here about a few times. It's like, what? Also, when they see the, the dead body at the front, like she said, hey, he wasn't here yesterday. Like there's, there's a lot of breadcrumbs that are letting us know that Riley had been there. Um, obviously not, we don't know that she's stationed there until she says, but she had been there. Yeah. So like that kind of throws off like the intentions because I understand why Ellie would be upset. Like if you frame this as doing this for me to celebrate. And now this is really like a goodbye. And also you tried to recruit me <laughs> without, you know, letting me know and like all these things. So yeah, I, I get why she was pissed. Yep, for sure. So so now like like Brittany said, we're in the uh we're in the Halloween store. They're dressing up in a, let's see if I remember right. A uh, werewolf, werewolf head and, and a clown head. Clown Good head. God, no. <laughs> so they're dancing on top of the, uh, the counter, having a good time. I got you, babe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they kiss. So it's, yeah. we're basically seeing like Ellie's like first love and her first kiss here in this, uh, Halloween store. Literally after she takes off a mask. Right. Both of them have masks on, right? Yep. Like they've been trying to hide themselves and hide their feelings. And Riley is hiding. She was hiding her intentions and all these things. And Ellie, again, Bella, mm-hmm. uh, I think the showrunners mentioned it, but like where I was able to tell how she was feeling, what her face was looking like, even when she had the costume on. Mm-hmm. Right. That, mm-hmm. That's great. Man, that's that's great just the body language behind it. Like, yeah, she's enjoying, you know, spending time with Riley and they're dancing, they're twirling. And then she just kind of like, it's just kind of swaying. And then you, you feel that buildup, you know, she, she wants to do something that she doesn't know if it's going to be reciprocated. And and she begs Riley, like, don't go like, stay, like, stay with me. Mm -hmm. And Riley's like, okay, like they're going to figure it out. They're going to figure out like what to do. Because at one point I, I, 
it was it during the arcade where Ellie says, Hey, you know, I need to get going. Like I got to get up mm-hmm. early. I got to make, make my bed, you know, whatever. And Riley's like, you've got hours. Like it's, it's fine. Like you see how, how Ellie wants to kind of like pull herself back and, and she's just so unsure how Riley's going to react whenever Ellie decides to, to act on her, her feelings. And when she does, she immediately says, sorry. And, and Riley kind of smiles at her and looks down and it's like, sorry for what, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I, just, I just thought that was such a beautiful, sweet moment between these two who obviously care for each other far more than just being best friends. I mean, the, the level of, of love that's shared and, and then almost immediately that's going to be ripped away. Yeah. You can't have a good moment in this world for too long. And, uh, one of the infected somewhere in the mall just kind of awakens. Like maybe you just, you know, from hearing them have a fucking concert. (laughs) (laughs) there you go yeah they were making a little bit of noise so in fairness like you know you're a little bit quieter maybe the infected guy just keeps on the thing with the the elevated hearing yes yeah there you go Mm -hmm. uh but was this one like this infected still had eyesight correct or it seemed like it did yeah because i think he did kind of knew where it was as it was chasing them yeah i don't Um, think it was i don't think it was a clicker not a a full-blown clicker okay it's a what a runner (laughs) Yes, yeah, somewhere I think between it's somewhere between runner and a runner and a clicker. Yeah, because he he had the 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 broccoli head, you know, as I like mm-hmm. to call it, broccoli head. But yeah, his eyes were still opened, and obviously hearing was still intact because that's I mean, what stays four, four two speed. Yeah, very very quick. Good lord, so, <laughs> scrolled out of there like nothing. I'm like, oh it's hell, Oklahoma drill. You know? <laughs> Like she knocked down a little the the aisles and he he went around that shit. Kept like going, like, yeah. Ray Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> so the infected attacks them, and Ellie's able to kill it using her knife. And but of course, you know, there's a struggle, and we find out that both of them have been either scratched or bitten. Bitten. And they both kind of realize at the same point. And, you know, Ellie freaks out because we see, you know, she looks at her arm and she's got the the, the bite marks and the blood. And then they kind of yeah. look at each other and you see, you know, Riley just like raise her hand up and she's got the the, bar, the bite. And like, like, what a crazy moment for them both to think that it's over. Like they're either going to die or turn into monsters themselves. But to show the difference between the personalities, right? We right. we talked a little bit of how how Riley she matches Ellie, but she's also like above her in a way. I mean, she's also three years older than than her, two or three years older. So yeah. level of maturity is just a little bit more. But you see with Ellie just freaking out. I mean, she channeled her inner Liana Mormont when when she saw the White Walkers, right? Just screaming bloody murder, basically. She's no, no, no. And then she takes a bat and starts smashing the hell out of those those counters. And and Riley's just very calm. She's just very she's there, but just there. Like she's just calm. She's not reacting at all the same way that Ellie is. And and she's sitting there as Ellie is smashing everything and and then when Ellie's done with that, she says, there's there's more things over 
over there that you can smash. And, and I liked how the showrunners said it in the inside the episode about how Riley has experienced real loss. She's lost her parents. She knows what's coming. She knows what to expect. Whereas Ellie just freaking out rightfully so, because she, she doesn't know what loss is like and what to expect. So when Riley begins to say, here are our options, one's an easy way, but I don't like that way. And then tells Ellie, whatever time we have left, be it, what was it, two hours or two days, like, I don't want to lose out on that time. And I'm like, really? Like, really? We're going to do this here now? Really? (laughs) Really? We're going to. She says, and, and saying like let's ride this infection out she's like just keep going yeah right and i, I think this connects back to what you you know you were talking about justin with you know the the flashback that really ellie is having here right to this moment it's it's caused by or it's precipitated by her thinking that she has to make this decision between do i stay or do i go right do i break off from this journey this long journey that, you know, I've been on and we've been on, right? Or do I, you know, chart a new course, go out on my own? And is going out on her own, is that forward, right? Or is that backwards? We don't know. But like, I think she ultimately makes the decision that going with Joel is going forward, right? It's the keep going. It's it's the the, um, the imploring that Riley is doing, like, hey, keep going don't give up like she she makes sure to mention that like we're just not gonna give up just gonna keep going right um and that connects all the way everything connects back to joel this is all everything that we're seeing from their past is like it's leading them to this moment to each other um and it's informing how they um, engage with each other emotionally physically whatever like it, it all leads back to joel like the the moment where riley was beautiful because it, it allowed us, like you said, Justin, to see Ellie as a, just a kid, right? Living a right. kid's life and like the same social angst that kids have at that particular time, being 14, oh my God. Like I remember being 14, I would never do that again. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so, but it, it's all in service to understanding Ellie's larger purpose and at the moment where when we flash back to Ellie, you know, with Joel, like she's taking the holistic view that Riley was taking after they got bit. Kind of going back to what you said, Brittany, like she's able to kind of take a broader view of the moment because she's seen more, experienced more, just has a, a, a wider perspective on these things. So she's able to kind of look at it like, hey, we're all going to die, right? Everybody's going to get bitten and infected at some point, right? And that allows her to be able to accept this loss, which is not her only her life, but as far as she knows, the only other person, the only person she loves and, and cares about in that moment, Ellie's life. And there's one more thing, like again, the foreshadowing, brilliant, right? Like there's two times. So Riley asks Ellie in, in her dorm, like, "Hey, do you trust me?" Right? And Ellie asks, like, "Should I trust you?" Like Riley's like, "Hey." yeah, you should trust me with your life, right? And again, in the mall, when they're walking, there's yeah. another reference to like trusting with your life. I'm trusting you with my life. Like, so I think that also plays into a little bit of Ellie's frustration because she put literally put her life in the hands of somebody else. And 
as far as she knows at that moment, it's not, it, she was wrong. And I think she's built up such a wall that she in, inherently knows not to trust too many people. Even, even Riley, who she has a crush on and literally is in love with, mm-hmm. it's hard for her to trust um, Riley with those, those feelings. And Riley, frankly, it's hard for her to trust Ellie with the truth. Right. So like, I think a lot of that rage that Ellie's feeling is not just the fact that, you know, she thinks she's going to die, but it's, she's disappointed in herself for trusting. Yeah. That, that's, no, that's a good point. Mm. And yet, so as you're kind of saying, like Ellie is definitely like motivated by the moment with Riley, you know, she, she realizes that, you know, Riley didn't give up on her. And so she's, so Ellie's not going to give up on Joel. And then, so she, you know, we, we flash back to the present. She's like, you know, now she's like, okay, I've got to figure this out. She's like scouring through, you know, just rifling through drawers and all, you know, stuff cabinets. She finds a sewing needle and she begins to stitch up Joel's wound. And it's pretty, but for it him, look, looks very but, painful. But but for him to allow her to do that, because he, like yeah. Tristan pointed out, he pushed her, physically pushed her away to say, yeah. go find Tommy, leave, basically. Because he, he figured he's going to die. He doesn't want her to see this. She comes back with a, a resource to help save him. And she, she laces her fingers with his. And that, to me me was like i trust you and what you're doing right and he grabs her closer he does he does and the like yesenia saying the hand holding moment before the stitching like you have to trust that person to know like okay this is gonna hurt because there's no sedative you know there's there's nothing that's gonna help with the pain but i'm still gonna let you do it and and to entrust that that much in a 14 year old is incredible but i think more so for joel is because she came back she came back for him even though he said forcefully go away and everything so everything that we've seen from joel and ellie like the buildup of their relationship up to just now episode seven because i don't i don't think we're going to see a lot of joel in episode eight yeah i don't think so I think you're right about that. I think we'll see, you know, little little bits and pieces like we saw in um, episode three and in in this last episode. But everything, the buildup of their relationship is, if it ends the way I think it's going to end, which is logical end, like it's going to pay off so, so beautifully. Like I'm I'm saying this like as a gift to y'all, like it's going to pay off so beautifully at the end of this season because, and I say beautifully, because some some fucked up shit is gonna happen. Hell. And you're going to, and it's gonna cause you to look at one of the characters a different way, like in a in a negative space. But the thing that's gonna justify what they do is this relationship and how it's been built up over the course of this season and how strong of a bond they built to this point where. Joel trusts her to operate on dirty needles <laughs> in his uh, infected womb. Because um, that has. You got a lighter, like sterilize that shit, you know? Oh, man. Like rub some sticks together, do some shit. Like, you know, <laughs> <Ugh>. we, <laughs> but, also, like the thread is probably a lot thicker than what's used yeah. for actual stitches. So that yeah. is. 
But it, it, it's going to pay off. It, it's going to pay off in such an amazing way. And I, I, I could not, I could not be more satisfied with the pace of this show, with how it has captured like, like, the game's emotional. Like it's the first emotional game I've ever played in my entire life. Besides, you know, like 2K, but that's a different emotion. <laughs> and, and, you know, I keep forgetting that this is actually based off a game. Like, that to me is just wild. Like, yeah, for you know, a game to convey that much emotion and story, wow. The yeah. game will make you drop a tear, I'm telling you. But if you didn't know that it's based on a game, you wouldn't really know. I mean, I, I mean, nah. yeah, if you listen to the, to the Companion podcast, obviously... Or if you did a Google search, but like if you just if you're just a show watcher, just watch it on HBO Max or HBO if you have cable or whatever, you can just watch this and go, "This is a great show." And then someone yeah. tells you later on, "Oh, it's based on a video game." You're like, "Oh, I didn't know." It would make sense, like them jumping uh, across the rooftop, like that was that's definitely a video game. That's thing. a video game thing. A little yeah. music, kind of like dainty music that's playing during that time, but right. I could not be more satisfied with this adaptation. I could not be more. So I have a question with, with what happens, we see what happened, you know, Riley's sticking with Ellie. This is, you know, back in the flashback. I wonder, are we ever going to see how Riley came to her end? And also, you know, Ellie was bitten at the same time. When does she learn that she's immune? I wonder. Okay. So to answer that question in a way, I'm going to answer it with a question. Is yeah. it needed to mm. see the demise of Riley? Because one could deduce that if they're going to stick together, they're going to stick together in that mall. Fireflies already know that that's where Riley was posted. And when perhaps they see that she hasn't reported to them for going to Atlanta or whatever other duties she may have, they may come looking for her, come to discover the truth and either she's already dead or they take care of her and they see that that bite did nothing whatsoever to Ellie. And that's how Marlene was able to get quote unquote, her hands on, on Ellie. Just, I do think we'll see that. I do think we'll see that. Um, oh. And I mean, I have no, like this isn't something that's shown in the game. Like, and yeah. I don't even think this dialogue to, sh to kind of walk you through it, to provide some type of context for it. So, I, but I do think we're going to see it because do we need to see Riley's death? I don't think so. No, right? you need to see. I, I, do, I do need to see what happens between that point and when Joel and, and Tess meet Ellie, or at least get some dialogue to kind of fill in that gap. Yeah, I don't need to see Riley's death. I, I, again, either Ellie had to take care of her Right. Or like you said, the fireflies had to take care of her. Yeah, I mean, because um, Riley Riley did have a gun. Yeah. And right. Ellie at one point I think said she knew how to use a gun. Yeah. And I hope it's not to really Yeah, it's not it's not that I really want to see Riley die. I just obviously if Riley dies and they're still together, then Ellie maybe just by process of elimination, she's like, Well, I'm still here. So Maybe I'm immune or something. I don't know. Like if, you know, if, if they're there for two weeks or what, it would be two weeks. If they're there for a couple of days and then Riley's dead. Also, does, you know, does Riley become a, an infected person? I mean, I don't think we're going to see that, obviously, but like that's to me, that, that's a valid question. 
But then right, I also, just, remember when we first meet Ellie, she's with the Firefly. So yeah, she's with Marlene. How did so, she get? She, right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm thinking Marlene and or the Fireflies come yeah. looking for Riley, and then when they find out the truth or see that Riley's already dead, but but Ellie's still there, that's how they take her, and that's how yeah. they keep her. That's, that sounds plausible. So I'm guessing Marlene. We've got to have some Marlene backstory or something on her coming up either at the end of episode eight or big part of episode nine or i mean um, certainly in the second season because like this is a character who we've seen very little of what we've heard referenced you know a little bit more than we've seen her but obviously is a crucial character uh you i think you'll see a lot of her in the finale in the finale okay yeah marlene will be back <laughs> so, she yeah will be she, back. she has to be i, I would yeah. think it's like the end of an Avengers movie, Marlene will be will return. <laughs> there we go. Pretty so, sure. before we look ahead to episode eight, any final thoughts on episode seven, Brittany? I mean, it's it's a beautifully done story. I love how Ellie had more or less like a solo sort of episode focused on her and her her backstory and how and why she ticks the way that she does and understanding her hardships as well. It, it might not quite be on the same level as Joel, but at the same time, they're kind of opposite sides of, of the same coin. Yeah. For me, like this, this episode, like I said, it paid off so many smaller details from past episodes. Um, it provided i think to me like the final linchpin of, that needed for that bond between joel and ellie like understanding ellie's backstory helps us understand why she looks up to joel so much why she trusts him so much why she admires him so much and she just feels protected by him so much um it just like i said just provides so much necessary context for that that relationship and where it's going um and I mean, Storm Reed, I have, we have to give her flowers. You know, I don't think we're going to see her again. Um, she was amazing. I expected her to be amazing. amazing. Um, and like she delivered both Bella and, and Storm, like completely delivered. Hill, again, Pedro, again, for the 15 seconds he was on camera, like <laughs> just still being able to convey so many emotions through his face, just like, man, all I remember him saying is, oh, Go, 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 go find Tommy, go north. Like, but that's it. That's the end of his dialogue. And he still managed to like play a huge role in this episode because it's it's easy to believe that, okay, now I, I trust you. You Joe lives by a code. Right? Like everything that he does yeah. based on like this internal code. And part of that code is setting something free when you you know that it can't you can't serve that thing anymore, serve that person anymore. So he set Ellie free and she came right back. And so to him, like, again, that, that's only going to strengthen that bond like tenfold, uh, which again, is going to make that finale. Ooh, buddy. Uh, <laughs> uh, love this episode. Um, even with the tragic end, like the true mark of the great episode, especially in this series is that I want to watch them again. Right, I, yeah. I definitely want to watch it again. Um, so, Rewatch number three, four, five is probably coming before Sunday. <laughs> ten out of ten. Man, I don't know if I could rewatch the Sam and, and Henry episode. That that was rough. My God, no, I don't want to go through that one again. So well done, though. You know, it like, is. It yeah. really is. But man, like, 
that was tough. I think I've seen that episode four times. <laughs> you mean 42? Mm, might be 42. <laughs> <laughs> so as Yesenia said in the chat, I can't wait for the next episode. We all feel the same. Ooh, buddy, let's, hey. let's look into the yeah. Go ahead, Tristan. Tell oh, you, my you, you, let us, you, you blew up the chat last night with you. Oh like, hey, my shit! Um, he said it's gonna be a banger. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, the only thing I can divulge about next episode is it's gonna be we're gonna see more Ellie by herself. Yeah. And this is you know obviously Joel's incapacitated. He's out commission for a while, but Ellie's going to again the payoff. So much of this. Um, the season has been Joel taking on a role, even inadvertently, of like teaching Ellie a lot of these survival tactics and just things to know, right? We saw when Joel fell asleep and, and Ellie took his patrol. Um, those things pay off and they have to pay off, right? Uh, and so we're going to see those things pay off a lot uh, in this next episode. Oh man, the David crew, man. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. The trailer, the little you know preview, the teaser for next week, we, it looks like a little a religious group, a religious sect has like found Ellie, huh. and as part of this group, we get is uh, the series debut of Troy Baker, and Troy mm -hmm. Baker is famously the voice of Joel in the video game series. He's also the host of the Companion Pod, so I'm excited to see that because Troy Baker, he's been the voice of many very video game characters, and that's kind of his. His, his lane video and uh you know video games and animated stuff so i think it's really cool that he gets the chance to do live action stuff especially on a series that he's so in, intertwined with so uh i'm excited to see that it looks it looks like he has a pretty big role in the episode also i think the woman that plays ellie in the game is going to have some role yeah, yeah she she has a big role coming up i yeah i i spoiled myself on Wikipedia, I wish I hadn't seen that. But Me too. why would you do that? <laughs> I wasn't looking for. I was looking for information about certain episodes, and I just like scrolled down, and there it was. So I, I saw it on Twitter on accident. Somebody it was in a comment section. I shouldn't even be looking at the fucking comments section. Oh my god, y'all don't learn. Well, <laughs> the, the the Troy Baker character, like, if you told me, if you told me weeks ago who the character was, I mean, you tell the, me the character now. I don't know the character, right? Mm. But. The, the the woman Ashley Johnson is the actress who plays Ellie in the video game. Her character is a key character to the the key characters is, is basically so like by when you hear the name of the character or the title of the character, you're like, okay, this is an important character. Mm -hmm. Whereas Troy Baker's character, I still like. I'm not sure what his name is. I can look it up now if I wanted to. I don't think knowing his name would. I know who Troy Baker's character. Is. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that shit. Tristan is, knows all. Things. We're, we're getting a we're getting a very action packed. Um, yeah, it didn't look like it. If you That's want cool. some action, and I mean, not necessarily with just infected. If you wanted some action, if you've been waiting for some action since episode what five, right? Episode eight, it, penultimate. Well, you know, we know what HBO does with penultimate episodes. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it looks like in this episode, we're not worried about the infected, the the people or the monsters in uh in episode eight. So uh yeah. yeah, it looks good. Joel did warn uh Ellie about that when approaching uh either was it Kansas City or or wherever they were going, that that people are pretty much your worst enemy at this point. So they got lucky with uh Jackson was it Jackson that they went to in Wyoming, found his brother. They got lucky seeing the humility in 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 those people but 
you throw in a faction such as this one, it doesn't seem like it's going to end well for Somebody. anybody. <laughs> I'm just saying anybody. No, and, and, and one of the characters seems like he's like the leader of the group. It wants Ellie to join, whereas the Troy Baker character is like, no, like she's another mouth to feed. It's like this if, is God's will. And yeah, I'm like, if she oh, dies, God. it's God's will. So that looks like a little interesting dynamic. Of course, why does you know why does the person <laughs> why does the character who seems like the leader why does he want Ellie to join? There's probably nefarious reasons for that. I would think uh, probably very much. Yeah, so. I, one 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 would assume. Yeah, very much so. So, much so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I know we all are. So now you know what we think about, or we thought about this episode. We want to know what you think about it. And Brittany, how can people tell us what they thought about this episode? So we encourage everyone to join us for the live chats, just like today with Yesenia, also with Amber, who joined us earlier in the pod. We appreciate both of y'all being here and sharing your thoughts on this episode. Marcy. So yes. Marcy was here too. <laughs> oh, Marcy too. Yes. I'm so sorry. I completely like bypassed her name. Our bad, my bad, <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Join us for the live chats. But if you're watching the replay, don't forget to leave your comments down uh, below as well as like this video. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel as we are on the road to 500 subscribers. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's at watchers basement. Use that same handle, but for a hashtag to help grow our audience, to tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers, clickers, bloaters, you get the point. Tell all the infected people out there. Listen to our pod. Lastly, uh, follow follow us, but uh, check out our audio podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Give us a five-star rating. Appreciate it, Brittany. Also, we have a start another busy week for the watchers. What, what do we have coming the rest of the week? So, for the rest of the week, we have another episode. I believe it's the finale episode, if I'm not mistaken, Tristan, for 1923. Yes, it is. Long live Spencer Dutton, man. Hey, all right. So join us tomorrow. That's Tuesday, uh, February 28th at 530 for the finale episode of 1923 with uh, Tristan, hopefully Frank and Marcy. Uh, Wednesday. I'm very excited for Wednesday because we are going to be talking about something very near and dear to my heart, and that is Harry Potter, y'all. We're talking about the very first movie. That's Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Joining us will be Amber as well as Justin. And Friday, we're wrapping up part one of season four for Netflix You. It's a lot of watching, a lot of basements. <laughs> We don't have basements in Houston, except for at the workplace. <laughs> yeah, that's where we got the name. So, yep. Yep. Another busy week. I'm looking forward to it. I will be joining the uh, Harry Potter thing. I'm not a Harry Potter fan, you but I have, I'm a muggle for sure. I'm definitely the muggle on the, the podcast. So I'll try to bring that muggle struggle energy or whatever <laughs> they call it. Um, I'll do my best to, to fake it till I make it, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. So please join us for all those great pods. We appreciate everybody who watched and listened to this one. So for, for Brittany, for Tristan, this is Justin saying thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week or see you later this week. Have a good night. Bye-bye.